Shalom, and I hope all is well. My name is Yitzchak Schiffman. Thanks for tuning into this podcast, and I hope you enjoy the Torah classes in it. Now, on to the episode. All right, gentlemen, let's get started. Uh, everyone's welcome to stay. You can go whatever you want to do, please. No, no one's pressured to stay. I want to discuss tonight um, this Inyan of Sukkah. We're sitting here in the Sukkah. Baruch Hashem, tonight is beautiful, happens to be. We're very lucky. To, <laughs> it's not raining. Mm-hmm. We were able to sit in the Sukkah for four meals of the first two days. Mm-hmm. Not every year we have that opportunity because of the rain. Usually in Miami, yeah. it only started raining the second day at the end of the day, which was Baruch Hashem. It was, we had a great Sukkot this year that... Uh, because the Gemara tells us when it rains, it's like Hashem is telling us, you want to do a mitzvah and I'm throwing it back at you. It's like Hashem is saying, get out of my sukkah, I don't want you to serve me. Can you imagine that the, the, the pain? That's a terrible thing. That's what happened thing. in New York. Terrible, terrible. So this year we had four suudot in the suudah, in the sukkah. So Hashem's happy with us. I want to discuss tonight a little bit the, the underlying message of sukkot. What is the message of this of this festival, of this holiday? I think that there's a big takeaway, a big lesson that we can learn from this. Every Yom Tov, every festival has lessons, has messages. Usually there's a few, but they're very crucial messages. And when we go through the Yom Tov, if we don't take those messages with us, so then we're missing out. So I want to focus in on one particular message of Sukkot tonight. That I think is a very important message that we have to absorb and learn. And hopefully then when we leave Sukkot, we leave this holiday, we're not leaving it behind somewhere, but we grew and we're taking it with us. So there's a fascinating Gemara in Mesechet Ta'anit and Daftet, 9a, that the Gemara tells us when the Jews were traveling through the desert, there were three gifts that were given to the Jewish people and they were given in the merit of the three great leaders that the Jewish people had. Now, the reason I'm introducing this here is because we know, as the Mishnah Brewer brings down, it's brought down in Halacha, when we sit in a sukkah and we say the bracha, what is the bracha supposed to remind us of? What are we supposed to reflect on? Is that in the desert, what are we supposed to think? That God sat us in? that we were surrounded by the miraculous clouds of glory literally clouds of glory that had tremendous functions it protected us from outside enemies it provided us with comfortable living environments talk about air conditioning it made things comfortable for us it flattened mountains it killed snakes it did all kinds of things so when we sit in a sukkah we make the bracha l'sheba sukkah we're supposed to reflect on the fact that Hashem took care of us in the desert with those clouds of glory. Now, the Gemara tells us about these clouds of glory, but listen closely to the Gemara. Alex, welcome in. But listen closely to what the Gemara says. I think there's a message here that we have to try to understand. The Gemara is about almost a little more than halfway down the page. The Gemara tells us, I'm not going to go into the sugya, it's within the context of a statement of Rabbi Yochanan, and it's a question, but we'll just read the actual teaching of this statement. Rabbi Yosib Rabbi Yudah Omer, Rabbi Yosib Rabbi Yudah says, the Brayta tells us as follows, Shlosha Parnesim Tovim Amduli Yisrael, there were three great leaders for the Jewish people, Parnes, Parnes, Parnes is a leader. There were three great leaders for the Jewish people in the desert. Who were the three great leaders? Elohen. 
Moshe ve'aharon. So who was the third one? Moshe, Aaron, no, 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 Yosef was dead. Oh, Miriam, Miriam. Don't forget Miriam. Miriam was a great leader also. Three great leaders led the Jewish people in the desert. The Gimel Matanot Tovot Nitnul Al Adam and three gifts were given to the Jewish people because of those great leaders. Meaning, in the merit of those three leaders, Moshe, Aharon, and Miriam, the Jewish people got gifts that were not just gifts, these were crucial gifts, necessary gifts, so the Jews could survive in the desert. Ve'elohen, and what were those gifts? We have Be'er, we have the well, which was a rock that provided water for the Jews and their animals to drink and wash in the desert throughout the 40 years. Va'anan, as well as the clouds, clouds of glory, protecting the Jews, killing off snakes, protecting them from damaging and giving them a safe place to live. Uman, and the third gift was man. What is the man? Eh, food from heaven, miraculous food. So the Gemara tells us each of the leaders in their merit was one of these gifts. So it speaks out, well, which one corresponded to which? Be'er bischut Miriam. The water from the well was in the merit of Miriam. We know it actually was called Be'era shel Miriam. It was the gift, the water that came from the rock of Miriam. Amur Anan, the pillar of clouds that protected the Jewish people, is Ananea Kavod bischut Aharon, was in the merit of Aaron Akoin. Man, and the food from Shamayim bischut Moshe, was in the merit of Moshe Rabbeinu. And we're going to speak more about why that was when the, the Mepharshim. But let's just go through the story. So each of these gifts correlated, corresponded to the merit of one of these great leaders. The water from the rock was in the merit of Miriam Hanaviah. The clouds of glory that protected the Jewish people and gave them place to encamp was in the merit of Aharon Kohen. And the man, mana from Shamayim, merit of Moshe Rabbeinu. The Gemara continues... We know in the month of Nisan of the 40th year, the rock left the Jewish people. We know the story over there. What happened was the rock left and Moshe was commanded by Hashem to speak to the rock, but instead he spoke, as Rashi learns, to the wrong one. Eventually he got frustrated and he hit the rock. And actually that was the reason Aaron and Moshe didn't go into Eretz Yisrael. We know that. It says, So we know that when... Miriam died, the rock left them. Viktiv batre, so afterwards it says, they no longer had water. And then it returned. That rock that provided water returned in the merit of Moshe and Aaron. So it seemed to depart for a little bit. And then it returned afterwards in the merit of Moshe and Aaron. Met Aaron, when Aaron died, which was in the month of Av, Rosh Chodesh Av, 40th year, the clouds of glory left. I'm going to skip a little bit because there's a lengthy drasha here. But the bottom line is, it left the Jewish people. And then what ended up happening is, it only returned in the merit of Moshe Rabbeinu. 
And met Moshe, when Moshe Rabbeinu passed away, Nistalku Kulan, all of these gifts left, the protective clouds, the man, as well as Be'erash and Miriam, this rock, they all left. When Moshe died in Adar, Zion Adar of the 40th year, the Jews already went into Israel 33 days later, but that was the bottom line. And that's the end of the story. As the Gemara tells us, the Pasuk in Zechariah teaches, Va'akhiret Shloshet Aroim Echad, it says <coughs> that the Jews lost that Hashem says, I took away the three leaders in one month, and he didn't really lose, they didn't lose the, the three leaders um, in one month. But what it means is that when Moshe Rabbeinu passed away, the gifts that were given on behalf of the three leaders, they all left. Because although they had come back, eventually they all left on Zion Adar of the 40th year. Send me that picture, please. Although they, they all left in the 40th year in Zion Adar, they no longer had the water provided from the rock, they no longer had the protective clouds of glory, and they no longer had the man either. That's what ended up happening. Now, the Ananim is when, uh, uh, when, Aaron, uh, when he died, it left and it came back in Moshe's marriage. We did learn in Rosh Hashanah. I just skipped that part, but yeah. But what emerges from this Gemara is that each of these three gifts, and these are very, these are not just little gifts. This isn't like extra sushi. This is, uh, Literally, the, the basic things for, for basic sustenance and protection. We have the water, so that people could have water to drink. Water is the basis of all human of all life. The merit of Miriam. The Jews got in the merit of Miriam. They were able to get uh, water. The protective clouds of glory, so that it wasn't too hot. They didn't get killed by snakes, by enemies. You're traveling in a barren wasteland. You need some sort of protection. You know, shelter. That's what the Ananim provided. Okay? Merit of our own. And food. You need food. Merit of Moshe Rabbeinu. But now what would come out, if you learn the Gemara straight like that, when we talk about the sukkah that we're sitting in, which we're supposed to remember, the clouds of glory, it would come out that there is a strong correlation between Sukkot and which of these three leaders? Aron. It would come out that there is a strong correlation between Sukkot and Aaron HaKohen. He was the reason for Ananei HaKavot. So when we celebrate sitting in a sukkah, we remember the gift of the clouds of glory. Clearly there is a strong connection between this festival and Aaron HaKohen. Mm -hmm. And that brings us to a very fundamental question. We know that the midah of Aaron HaKohen actually had two midot that we're going to focus in on. One very good, Josh, as Josh just mentioned, is true, is that the Mishnayot tell us that Aaron HaKohen was Ohev Shalom and Rodev Shalom, Isha Shalom. He was the man, the quintessential man of peace. The Gemara tells us, Midrashim tell us, that when he'd see two people fighting, he couldn't stand it, he would make sure that they got along somehow. So that's one Midah of Aaron HaKohen. The other of Midah Aaron HaKohen is Kohen. What's Kohen? Avodah. Service. What? Service. Kohen is service. The priestly class. That's what Kohanim are. Either way you learn, both Midot of Arana Kohen, what does that have to do with A, the Aranea Kavod, and B, by extension, Sukkot? What do the Midot of Arona Kohen have to do with this festival that we celebrate sitting in a Sukkah, and that's connected to the clouds of glory the Jews were protected by in the desert? What would be the connection between those two seemingly very unrelated ideas? You want to give a stab at it? What's the connection? The midah of Aaron. Exactly, exactly. 
By the way, we're not going to get into this today, but it's fascinating just to think, think a little further. If, if there's three leaders and there's three festivals, Pesach, Shavuot, and Sukkot, you could go through and figure out which of the other leaders correspond to the other festivals. God willing, by the other festivals, we'll speak about that. But think about that for a second. It's actually not that complicated, just on a superficial level. Moshe Rabbeinu, what's the greatest thing Moshe Rabbeinu did for the Jewish people? Torah Moshe. What is the festival of the Torah? Shavuot. So obviously there's a connection between Moshe and Shavuot. Now the difficult one which needs a strong explanation would be Miriam and Pesach. Needs an explanation. We're not going to focus on those today. But what would be the connection between the Midot of Aaron, which is Shalom, which is Kiuna, Avodah, service in Beit HaMikdash, the holiday of Sukkot and the Ananea Kavod? What is the, and what's the lesson we're going to learn from this? Very interesting question. The Achronim all talk about this. I found, I was looking around a little bit, more of the Agarita type Achronim, but they talk about this. And there's a lot to talk about. Fascinating. Anybody want to say, you want to say something, David? What do you think? To be in peace and enjoy this time. Yes. Yeah, well, we should also be in peace and enjoy Pesach. Right? Or, or, or uh, Shavuot. There's something special about Sukkot. But what's special about Sukkot? Why is that connected? Because it's a... Uh, Ananea Kavod basically bring you... I mean, you cannot have Ananea Kavod unless you have peace with each other. Okay, that's that's true. I hear that. You know? What unless we together, <clears throat> Ananea Kavod will not rest. What does that have to do with the festival of Sukkot? I know what is Ananekavod and Aaron. I don't know about but that's okay, so it has to connect to the Lemaisa. That's the, the, the bottom line. Yeah. Oh, very good. That's a good good Mekor. Midrash, Midrash tells us that the four species, you know, Lulav, Vetrog, Adasim, and Aravot represent four kinds of Jews, and you bring them together. It's a very good riot when you think about that. On Sukkot, there is this concept that the disparate kinds of Jews all should come together. That's clearly a message of shalom. Beautiful, Alex. Okay, okay. All right, let's see. So let's connect that. Now listen to what the Anaf Yosef teaches us. Anaf, Anaf Yosef. Anaf Yosef. Anaf Yosef is brought on the bottom of the Ion Yaakov. And the Anaf Yosef connects... No oh, I'm not worried. I had pizza ready today. Anaf Yosef teaches us that these three gifts and the people they were given in the merit of connects with another grouping of three, which is Very interesting. On three things the world stands, three pillars, Torah, Vodah, and Gvilut Chasadim. Listen to this. Fascinating Anaf Yosef. He says like this. He quotes a Kliakar in the Torah. He says the Kliakar teaches us Welcome, welcome. Kliakar teaches us as follows, based on that Mishnah in Pirkei Avot. He says, Man, Man, Man we know is in the merit of Moshe Rabbeinu, as the Gemara told us. Now why was Man in the merit of Moshe Rabbeinu? Because the Gemara says, the Midrash Chachamim teach us, Moshe shikibela Torah, Moshe received the Torah, Chachameach. Very interesting uh, connection. The Torah was only given to the people who ate man. 
The turtle was only. The turtle was only. The turtle was only given. It's okay, Adam. Okay, I want to learn. All right, all right. Get the doctor. Get the good doctor. Doctor, get a chair though. Business. It's okay. I got you, Eric. All right, all right. No, 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 no. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Bring a chair. Bring a chair. Bring a chair. We need to be. We need to. Yeah, we need to get moving here. Doctor, Chaksameh. Chaksameh. No, I don't need pizza. It's okay. Okay. All right, all right. Yosef, you deal with the pizza, but be quiet, please. So enough. Yosef teaches us. Man was given in the merit of Moshe Rabbeinu. Why? Because Moshe Rabbeinu was the one who gave the, the Torah to the Jewish people. That's his. That's we remember Moshe for all posterity, for all future generations. He gave the Torah to the Jewish people. And the only ones who merited to receive the Torah were those who ate the man. So therefore says Anaf Yosef, there's a connection between Moshe, who in his merit the man was brought, and the Midah of Torah, as the Mishnah Pirkei Avot says, ala Torah. Okay, I'm not going to focus in on this. God willing, maybe Shavuot will focus a little more on that. There's a lot to talk about, clearly. Okay. Ananei Kavod continues Anaf Yosef, the clouds of glory, Asher Sham Kavod The clouds of glory possessed the glory of the Shechina, Hashem's presence. In the merit of Aaron, Shegaram Hashra'at Hashchina al Yedea Korbanot, because he caused the Shechina to rest through Korbanot. We know through his Avodah, through his service in the temple, the Kohanim, Aaron being the head of the Kohanim, he brought down the Shechina to this world. So it makes sense then that the one who should bring the clouds of glory to the Jewish people in the merit of Aaron would be the clouds of glory that possess Ananea Kavod, possess. The clouds of glory possessing the Shekhinah. Okay, Yosef, I'm done with pictures. You can do what you want, but don't make noise. Okay, that is the connection between Aharon. It's fine, just, I'm not, just won't make noise. That's the connection between Aharon and the clouds of glory. Okay, that's Aharon, the clouds of glory, the Shekhinah that is through his Avodah. You missed it. Yeah. You don't need it from me. So the, the Anaf Yosef says that the connection between Aharon and the clouds of glory is Aharon brought the korbanot, koanim. They bring korbanot, which brings the Shekhinah down. And Ananea Kavod possessed, it contained Hashra'at HaShekhinah. So therefore the one who is involved in Avodah, in his merit is clouds of glory. A little bit loose connection. Okay, we didn't explain that. Good. But what, what I do want to point out from that is, is that the way he's connecting it is the second of the three Amudim. Torah, Avodah. Aharon is the Amud of Avodah. Now he says Miriam, we already the said way. Torah is Moshe. Yeah. And Avodah is Aharon, that means Miriam is going to be Milut Chasadim. What does Miriam have to do with Milut Chasadim? So it says Anaf Yosef, Vabe'er, the rock that provided water, it gave them all the, they needed, really, water prominently. In the merit of Miriam, who possessed and acted in the ways of Gemilut Chasadim. Very interesting. We know in Parashat Shemot, when it talks about 
there was two ma- there was two midwives, two um, what does the pasuk say? What's the word? Chayot it calls them. That would make sure the Jewish boys stayed alive, even though Paro told them kill the Jewish boys. And the Gemara tells us one of those was Miriam. So she possessed the midah of gemilut chasadim. She made sure the Jewish boys would stay alive. She used to give them food. So in that merit, the Jews got the Be'erash of Miriam, the well of Miriam, which provided water, which is connected to Milut Chasadim. So just to recap, Anaf Yosef says, what's the connection here? We have Moshe. The man came in his merit because he brought the Torah down, and the Torah only was given to those who ate the man, meaning that special generation. Okay, that's the connection. Aharon brought down in his merit were the Ananea Kavod that contained the Shekhinah and Aaron was the one who did the Avodah that brought down the Shekhinah so there's a natural Midah Keneged Midah and Miriam possessed Midah Gemilut Chasadim because she made sure that the babies in Egypt would be sustained kept alive Miriam there were two of them Miriam was one of them Shifran Pua one of them is Miriam the Gemaran Sota teaches us Rega and therefore, in her merit, there was the water that was gemilut uh, chasadim for the Jewish people. So the Anaf Yosef connects the three leaders with the three gifts, with the three pillars that the world stands on. Rabbi, what do you want to say? Anaf Yosef. Okay, so bottom line, we want to understand, this is one idea, but let's try to understand a bit of a, let's try to get a stronger connection here. What is the connection between Aaron HaKohen, Ananea Kavod, and the Mitzvah of Sukkot? Eventually, that's what we're going to come out to. Let's try to understand. Well, we have to, because ultimately we're sitting in a Sukkah, Kavod. By the way, again, I'm going to mention this, we could deal with this later, a different time. What comes out is, Miriam and the festival of Pesach are connected, and Moshe and the festival of Shavuot are connected. I have to figure that out. Now, I'm just going to add one more shlav, one more layer, before I say a pshat, which I just think, I don't know if we'll get to this, but it's just something to think about. We also have three avot akdoshim, Avraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. Based on what the Anaf Yosef says, I think you could connect each of our avot with one of the chagim. It's interesting. Think about this for a second. So take it another step. Just think about it for a second. What's Avram's midah? Chesed. Midat chesed. So if we're saying Miriam is midat chesed and she's connected to Pesach, so Avraham would have some connection to Pesach. Yaakov, we know, is Torah, is Emet, Tiferet, Tiferet which is connected to Moshe Rabbeinu, which would be connected to Shavuot, which would mean who's connected to Sukkot? Tzchak Avinu. Who's Midat HaGvura? 
It's something to think about. I was just thinking about this over the Chag. I'm sure Svarim talk about it because that just sounds very natural to me. Think about it. It's something to think about. What is Gvura? Yitzchak is Midat Adin, Midat Gvura. What is the connection between that and Sukkot? But let's get back now to Aaron. So I want to suggest the following, and I think it's a very important idea for this festival that we could really. It's the whole idea of Shalom. See, Shalom, we spoke about it actually last week. Worked out well, we spoke about Shalom last week because it ties in. This is clearly the topic of Sukkot. You see, people often think, what is the Midav Shalom? What is this Midav Shalom? Everybody has to get along, right? People have to learn to get along. Okay, so how do people learn to get along? Oh, so I'll tell you. You know how everyone's going to learn to get along? Huh? Well, listen, listen to what some people might say. Listen to what some people might say. You're going to see why they're obviously wrong. But So, if you ask the Ashkenazim, so then maybe they'll say, everybody should be Ashkenazi. Ask the Sfaradim. Everyone should be Sfaradim. Ask the Chabad. Everyone should be Chabad. Ask the Nanachs on cars. Everyone should be Nanachs. And ask the Temanim. Same story. So some people might think that's the idea of shalom. Everyone should be the same. What do you mean the same? Adopt basically what I'm doing. That's what shalom means. And then everybody's going to get along and everything's going to be great. Now, not only is that wrong, which everyone could look at and say, yeah, it's wrong. Of course it's wrong. But let me tell you, it actually creates the opposite theme of shalom. I want to explain to you why. Listen to this. This is, this is there's a, You'd think if everybody's the same, then everybody will get along. It's not true. It's not true. And I'll explain to you why it's not true. Because you see, if you and I are exactly the same, so by very definition, what does that mean? You can't learn nothing from him. But more than that, even more than that. If me and you are exactly the same, what does that mean by definition? There's no completion. What? No, no, no. One of us is extra. One of us is unimportant. If me and you are exactly the same, so then what are you providing that I don't provide? What do I need you for? I don't need you. Get rid of the other guy. So by very definition, if we are exactly the same, and we have to all be exactly the same, that doesn't not just not create peace, it actually makes people unnecessary. So I'm not going to make shalom with you because I don't need you at all in the first place. Of course I'm not going to make peace with you. You're totally unnecessary. So actually, now let's say what is shalom. And we all know this inherently. We know this naturally. Shalom is the recognition that actually we're all different, but each different part is part of a greater scheme of Hashem's mission of accomplishing Torah and mitzvot and avodah in this world. And each piece has something someone else cannot contribute. So now the understanding that you're absolutely necessary and you could provide something that I can't as well as you and you and you and you. So now we could learn to get along because I could recognize without you, the entire system is not complete. And you also recognize without me, the entire system is not complete. But if we're all the same, I don't need you. I'll accomplish whatever. And by the way, that's where Machloket actually starts from because people think the other one's not necessary. Hear, hear this. 
Think about this for a minute. I think people do this all the time, and that's why you have so much machloket and so much people not getting along. <clears throat> if I think that I could do every chilek of what the Jewish people need, and I don't need anybody else to give me instruction or guidance or help me out in any way, so then what ends up happening is, I don't need your help. So what ends up happening is as follows. Let's just say, for example, uh, one portion of the Jewish people thinks, we could accomplish everything that's necessary in, the Jewish, in, in, in Judaism. We could do the Kirov, we can, we're great in Tefillah, we're great in Torah, we know how to do Tzedakah, everything that's necessary we know how to do. So then they're going to look at the other group in Judaism and say, hey, you guys, uh, you don't know you, we don't need you, we'll cut you off and say you're goners. But on the other hand, if every group understands they're good in some way, they have some strength and ability that the other ones don't have, but clearly they also have chesronot. They also have some lackings. They have something that the other one does. So then they'll say, actually, I need the other group very much. I need to learn from the other group how to do X, Y, and Z. I always like to use as an example, because I think it's just, everyone could agree to this example, is if me, if I say, you know, I'm the best in Kirov, and I don't look at Chabad and say, I need to learn from Chabad how to do Kirov, I'm making a mistake. Chabad clearly knows how to do Kirov better than me. Clearly. That's just, you don't have to have half a brain to realize the successes they've had in the world to realize they know how to do Kirov greater than me. So if I look at Chabad and say, I know how to do Kirov, I don't need your help, I'm going to cut you off, well, I'm not going to accomplish what I need to accomplish, and I'm not going to learn from them what they're accomplishing. But if I recognize, okay, the other group, people, many people think like this. I'm giving a strong example. People think like this all the time. I don't need any other group. I only need my boys club, my social network. I don't care what happens in any other shul in town. I don't care about any other people. But if you realize for a second, no. You cannot complete the total avodat Hashem as an individual or even with your group, even with your shul, even with your school, without being connected to the greater Jewish population. If you think that really, that you could... Well, then you're going to cut people off and you're never going to accomplish. And the Avodat Hashem is not finished. But if you recognize you can't and you need the other groups of Jews in order to accomplish the Avodah Shalem, the total service of Hashem, that's what brings to Shalom. It's the recognition, actually, because we're not the same, because we're actually different. And you provide something that I can't provide. This is true on the individual level. It's true, as I said, on the groups. Sfardim, Ashkenazim, etc. Back in the day, it was Shvatim. You had 12 tribes, and each of the tribes contributed something the other ones couldn't contribute. By the way, this ties into Vizot Abracha. Moshe Rabbeinu gives blessings to each of the tribes, different types of blessings. Why? Because each one had a different mission, but the only way that it could be done in the complete manner, actually we spoke about this last week, how does the blessing start off? It says, only Yisrael. says Rashi, the only time that I'm going to be Melech of the Jewish people is when the Jewish people get along. That's the point, because it's true. Reuven has Midot, Shimon doesn't have it, Shimon has that Levi doesn't have, etc., etc. But what Moshe Rabbeinu is teaching the Jewish people is the only way you could actually accomplish the total service of Hashem and accomplish shalom is with the understanding actually that you're not the same, that you're different. Each one contributes something the other one can't and therefore I can't just cut off the other tribes saying I don't need you or the other groups or the other individuals or the other shuls or the other schools or the other clubs, etc., etc. 
There's no isolating yourself from the greater Jewish population. And therefore what emerges is shalom means the recognition. The way you accomplish shalom is recognition. Everybody's different, has benefits and downsides. And the only way we could really accomplish the total service of Hashem is by recognizing that and working with everyone else. What do you want to say? Similar, similar issue. Similar issue. Cutting off one midah doesn't work. Let's tie it back in now. Aaron HaKohen is Ohev Shalom and Rodev Shalom. He is the midah of peace in this world. He saw two people fighting, and what would he do? He'd get very upset. It can't be you go over to one and say, you know, your friend, he feels so bad and he wants to make up with you, but he's embarrassed to come over to you. And he would say the same thing to the other fellow, and then they would meet each other in the marketplace, they would hug and they would make up. Because he couldn't stand machloket. He is the epitome of shalom. What did the Ananeaka vote accomplish in the Midbar? Protection. Not just protection. It's true they provided protection. But they gave separate sections. And the Torah goes out of its way to highlight this. There were separate sections for each tribe clearly marked off. There was the section of Roven. There was the section of Shimon, Levi, Yehuda, Yisachar. So you'd say, that's not shalom. It's demarcation showing how they're disconnected. No! That is shalom. Because it's the recognition. Reuven has their territory because they have what they need in terms of their avodah that they need to accomplish that Shimon is different then and they need to accomplish differently. And Shimon therefore has their own territory because they have their own mission. They have their own abilities and they have their own successes to accomplish in this world. And Levi has their own territory. Yehuda has their own. It's not just a big mixture. Everyone has their section. And the Ananea Kavod contained each of these separate sections, which were separate sections of each tribe, and Degalim for three of those tribes, etc. It was done in a way that highlighted the fact each of these tribes, each of the individuals by extension, has special abilities and natures and missions that nobody else can accomplish in this world. The very essence of living in Ananea Kavod is such that it shows everyone has something the other one doesn't have. And therefore, I can't accomplish the total service of Hashem without recognizing that and therefore connecting with my, Jew, my Jewish brothers and sisters. Recognizing that I need them in order to, uh, to accomplish the total avodah shalem, the total service of Hashem. And living within those ananea kavod highlighted that, which is why in the merit of Aaron, who was midata shalom, Ananea Kavod, which highlighted the individual greatness of each of them that was necessary for the total service of Hashem, that's what highlighted. In his merit, that gift was given to the Jewish people as it was the same character, the same trait of Midata Shalom. Now, how does that tie into Sukkot? So, Alex just said something very nice, which I never, I didn't think about, actually. The Midrash tells us that on Sukkot, we take Lulav, Etrog, Hadassim, and Aravot, the four species, and each of the four species, thank you, each of the four species represents a different type of Jew. Just as an example, Etrog is something that smells good and tastes good. So that's the Jew who has Torah and Mitzvot. You go through each of them, one of them has Torah, not Mitzvot, one has... Rashad, Aravot. Nothing good, nothing good, right? And even he, even he needs to be included. Even he needs to be included. Meaning, but it's more than that. Even he, without him, you can't accomplish Avodah Shalem. You can't accomplish. Exactly. Same exact thing. 
So the Midah, the message of Sukkot, which I think is a tremendous message, and people accomplish this. The message of Sukkot is, we have to realize, every Jew is necessary. We're sitting in Ananea Kavod, everyone gets their section. So it's true, by the way, I want to point out, I might be sitting in my Sukkah, and you might be sitting in your Sukkah, but you're not disconnected from me. And I need you, I need you. Now, one way to, I think, very practically accomplish this on Sukkot is, invite somebody to your Sukkah. Invite somebody. Invite somebody different that you might not see eye to eye with. It's true, I don't have a sukkah. That was my in-laws that I was at. They invited some people and it was beautiful, wonderful. Invite somebody to your sukkah. That's how you, somebody that, I would say, go out of your way, somebody that's different maybe, not your friend. Not your friend. You could accomplish shalom. And, and by the way, what's that? I actually heard an answer. Let me just, let me just finish, don't tell me. But, but, but I'll just finish off and I'll finish off with this. Yosef, you say, you know, people don't think this way, etc. I don't see, I don't know anybody that is like... Unfortunately, unfortunately the reality is live and well very well. And I think, maybe, moving on into the year, God willing, if we take the message of Sukkot, of the Ananea Kavod, Vidata Arona Kohen, that's one thing that's a very important thing to focus on. There will be people in the world that we don't see eye to eye with. We don't agree with. Okay. We disagree with. There are people we're going to disagree with. Whether that's because of political reasons, which is shtuyot, or it's because of important things. But either way, the bottom line is, is if we cut people off, you're pasul. I can't have any connection with you. What we're essentially doing is ruining total service of Hashem in this world. Now, are there, I'm not talking about if there's dangerous people, that's a different story. So you're a different story, Yosef. You, you are next level because you bring dangerous people into your house. I, and your mom is next level. But moving in, that's... Son of God. God willing, I'll just finish off with this. God willing, we'll finish off with this. But this year... We should recognize the importance of not cutting people off. We should recognize the importance of seeing people are different, that's true, but that's not a reason to disconnect. And that's hard sometimes. Yosef is a tzaddik, we're going to leave him out of the equation. But for most people, when you find people that are different, it is hard to connect with them. It's hard to see that we really need them. So hopefully this year's Sukkot will take with us that message. Guys, People are different. But we need those people for the total service of Hashem nonetheless. And that's the only way to accomplish real shalom in the world. And God willing through that will merit the ultimate shalom. Everybody should have a Chag Sameach, Mo'adim Le Simcha, and all the best.